Father, this morning we just come, we ask that the Holy Spirit would move in this place. Lord, that you would breathe upon us. You bring the full revelation of all that Jesus has done for each of us on the cross and bring it and make it real in every life this morning. Lord, you know every head that's bowed in your presence, every need, every heart's cry, you hear it all. Lord, we thank you that there is an answer, and that answer is Jesus. And so, Lord, we open our hearts. We ask that the Holy Spirit would take control this morning, that you would anoint your word. Lord, that you would minister into this body, bring life, bring healing, bring deliverance. Lord, break every chain of sin and every chain of sickness. Lord, would you loose us this morning by the power of your Spirit, the resurrection and the life. Above everything, we pray that the Holy Spirit would lift Jesus, that he would be lifted up, and that we'll be drawn to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said it. Amen. Matthew 26 and uh, verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. In verse 28, Jesus said these words, For this is my blood of the New Testament. Uh, just over these next few weeks, uh, the Lord has just put some messages um, on my heart just to bring uh, to you. But this largely is an introduction this morning. And over the next few weeks, we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 7, particularly through to chapter 10 concerning the New Testament and His blood. And I think it's important that uh, just this morning we're, we're going to go with this as an introduction as we lay out some of the ground. Uh, and as we look at the, the, the New Covenant or the New Testament in the blood of Jesus Christ and in the comparison of that uh, with the old and with the new, and to look at the sacrifice of Christ and the precious promises and the great truths that there are for us this morning and to lay hold of them by faith and to apply them to our lives. Now, this is important because um, when we understand what Christ has done and when the Spirit of God brings the revelation of what Jesus has done and makes it real or illuminates our understanding with that truth, something very profound happens in a life. And just in prayer and just over the past couple of weeks, I realized that we're living in such a day of so much oppression against God's people, uh, particularly in the mind, particularly in the struggles that people are going through. And I just feel this morning, just as the Lord was leading me through these messages, uh, to lay out an introduction because <clears throat> we stand as ministers of a new covenant or a new testament in the blood of Jesus Christ. And as those ministers of the gospel begins to proclaim the word of the Lord and 
preach the, the gospel and preach the Word of God and teach the Word of God, I'm also mindful that so often that the fruit of the Word is not a reality in the life of the hearer or the individual. That they may sit through a great service, great ministry, great preaching, no matter who that preacher is, it's not so much about the preacher, it is about Christ and the ministry of His Word. But they leave the same way they came, without the ability to grasp the truth of God's Word and the promises that have been proclaimed and preached and appropriate them or apply them to their lives and then live on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the victory and in the power of that life. And there's so many that are not living in that life. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you are living in that life, praise be to Jesus. But if you're in a place where there's a great struggle and to come into the fullness of that great liberating power that Jesus has promised us through the death of Christ and the resurrection, then this morning I want to encourage you, there's a bit of groundwork that we need to do before we come to go into these wonderful chapters. Hebrews chapter 7 through to Hebrews chapter 10 are wonderful chapters. We, we'll look at the sacrifice of Christ in, in comparison to the Old and the New. So the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, uh, we'll see that it was inferior to the sacrifice of Christ, which is superior to that which is inferior. We'll look at the sacrifice being conclusive, that Christ died once for all. But in the Old Testament, there was constant sacrifice, and it was lastly insufficient but the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is all sufficient. So it's common to understand that in the weeks ahead of us. But it's, it's laying ground this morning on a foundation. I, I really believe the Lord wants to do a very profound work in, in, in lives in this room, in this church over the next few weeks when we come to these messages. <clears throat> it is by the power of the Holy Ghost it's not by might, <clears throat> it's not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. It will be by the power of the Holy Ghost. It is only Him that can illuminate, that can bring the revelation of Jesus to our lives. What I'm, why I'm saying that is, we need the Holy Spirit. No one can lift up the name of Jesus like the Holy Spirit can, and no one can bring the fullness and the revelation of what Christ has done to your heart and my heart, but by the Spirit of God. And so we need the Holy... How many people need the Holy Spirit? And so we ask Him this morning. I just want to... I know we've prayed, but sometimes I sort of feel we're turning in our Scriptures, we're getting to the verse, we're praying that the Holy Spirit will help us. And how many of us actually did pray, Holy Spirit, help me bring the revelation of what... You want to say to my heart this morning. And, and I believe it's important just in your heart to say, Lord, I open my heart to you and I ask you to come in and bring the revelation and the truth of this to my life. In these uh, chapters in Hebrews chapter 7, I don't want you to turn there, but we'll come to them in the weeks ahead. It's significant that after we come from 7, 8, 9, and 10, that chapter 11 is the great chapter on what subject? Faith. 
So after we, we go through these great and precious truths, the next chapter that we enter into is a chapter on faith. And I want to encourage you this morning that you must, saint of God, that's struggling in your mind and in your walk and, and, and have been going through great difficulties in living that life in the victory that Christ has promised us. I want to encourage you this morning with everything, you've got to lay hold of the truth of God's word because the Bible says it's the truth that makes us. So that's God's word. So we, we see here this morning for those that are struggling in their faith, who battle with failure, for those that are greatly troubled with past sins. I want, I want you to hear me this morning because there, there are many believers that are struggling with past sins. For those that are maybe at a place where they're not grasping the fullness of everything of what he's done. I often hear people say, They've lost their identity. I want to tell you something. It's not who we are. It's who He is. And it's who we are in Him. Not just your identity. The church is filled with so many self-help programs today to try and help us through. But I want to tell you there's a helper and it's the Holy Ghost. And He will help us. And He will bring the truth of what we're going to look at to our hearts this morning. The Holy Spirit is the administrator of the precious New Testament in His blood. Jesus said in John 14 and 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in My name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So the necessity for us to have the Holy Spirit administering the truth of God's Word to our hearts this morning is crucial. And you might say, well, we, we, we believe that. And, but I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, never before has there been so many living in a place of defeat, in a place of honor. As a Christian, they're saved. Their names are in the last book of life. They're going to heaven, but they live a life in utter defeat. And they've been robbed. The enemy, Jesus said, will come to steal, to kill, and destroy. It's the work of the devil to bring a believer into a place of depression, oppression, affliction, torment in their mind, trailing up their sins of their past. You know, I met a friend a few months ago. We've been praying for him, and he's not saved. And uh, we grew up together. But when I walked in and we sat down at his wee kitchen table, his lovely family, when the family went out, he started to go over, do you remember all the things that we used to do? And I'd forgot, thank God, most of them. But then when he started to tell me, I didn't recognize the person he was talking about. But I know this morning that all my sin are under the blood. And, and you know, the enemy will, not that he and himself is the enemy, he's a lost man, but will always try to bring up the sins of our past. The inferiority of the old covenant was that the sins, the sins were constantly having to be covered with the blood of bulls and goats. The, the, the superiority of the new covenant and the new testament in his blood is I remember your sins no more. They're all gone. And so it's important that we bring these truths to us this morning. Paul tells us, if you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm just going to work through this, but this is really important for these messages over the next few weeks. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is telling us here about what's crucial in the new birth and in receiving the revelation of what Christ has accomplished for us at the cross. In verse 3, he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us. Now here's important. This is, this is really important for us this morning. Written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stones, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Now this is crucial to where we are going. Because... In the New Covenant and in the New Testament in His blood, when you were saved, you had a heart transplant. Did you know that? That He took out your stony heart and He gave you supernaturally a heart of flesh. That means this morning, brothers and sisters, this is so important, that that heart of flesh, that by the Holy Spirit, God wants to write His law in your heart. So when people say, I could never keep being a Christian. No, you could never keep being a Christian. He keeps us. Because He gives us a new heart with new desires, a new song, a new longing, a new desire. Our home is heaven, and that's the new birth. So when your heart has been changed from a stony heart to a heart of flesh, He's going to write on your heart. If you're saved this morning, the Holy Ghost is going to write on your heart, your heart this morning, and my heart, the law of God. That law all hangs on this one thing. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul and you'll love your neighbor as yourself. God has written that on our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's absolutely essential that a man or a woman must be born again. Now, we would take that as a, well, we know that the tragedy is, and I believe this to be true more than ever, hearing it many years ago, but as I go along a wee bit further, along the road, not that far, but I remember Brother Clendenin, and he would have been quoting Leonard Ravenhill, that 95% of the people in churches today have never been born again. Now, that's a startling statistic, if it be true. And God himself knows. But the necessity of the new birth, because there, there is a heart transplant. And when a man is born again, he's a new creature in Christ. What happens? All things pass away, and behold, everything becomes new. Verse 4 says, And such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter, what does it do? The letter kills, but what does the Spirit do? It gives life. So when there's a heart of flesh, and the Spirit of God begins to work on your heart, the work is life. It's not death. Under the old, it was a condemnation of death. Under the new, the Spirit of the Lord brings liberty, brings life. But if the ministration of death, that's the old covenant. Has anyone ever seen the movie that they've done depicting it's the old one that's the best one where Moses, it was a, who was that movie? I can't remember. The old guy, Charlton. 
He comes around the mountain, Mount Sinai, with the tables of stone. This is the old ministration, the old covenant they were trying to depict at that time. It says, but if the ministration of death, written and engraved in stones, was glorious, it was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. This is the old that brought forth death. How shall the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Now listen just very carefully. I know that seemed very wordy, but I want, I want you to stay with me this morning. Don't switch off. Just stay with me. We're talking about two covenants. We're talking about one which was glorious. When, when Moses came from that mountain with those tables of stone and the Ten Commandments and the glory of the Lord and the glory cloud come down and the holiness of God, there was thunder, there was lightning. Friends, that day when people crossed that, that, barrack, that barricade that was around that mountain, 3,000 people were instantly smote by the holiness and the power and the glory of Almighty God. In the new covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his death, when we are saved, on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people that were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Hearts had been transformed, trans translated from one kingdom into another. They were given not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. The Holy Ghost came from heaven, wrote the law of God in their hearts, and 3,000 souls were swept into the kingdom of God by the power of the Spirit of the living God. That it wasn't under the condemnation, but it was liberating power to set people free. That's why Jesus came not to condemn us, not to put us in a place of defeat or despair or oppression, but to loose us from the grip of sin and the power of Satan and to put his life in us and to write his law on our hearts. The promise that will be given through the New Testament in his blood was prophesied by the prophet Ezekiel two times in Ezekiel 11 and Ezekiel 36. And this is crucial because if this is not right, and this is where we're... I just want you to stay with me. If this is not right, then we have the inability, there's an inability to receive the revelation of what God has done in our hearts. What am I talking about? I want to ask you a question this morning and just answer it into yourself. And this is crucial. This is the core of Christianity. This is what it's about. Here's the question. How is your heart? And I want you to think about it for a moment. How is your heart? Listen carefully. How is your heart? I want you to think about that. How is your heart? The Bible says that we're to examine ourselves. And the condition of the heart is absolutely crucial to receiving the revelation of what Christ has done on the cross. Unless there's a supernatural work of God 
in the heart, on masters the heart of flesh. The promises that we're going to look at over the next few weeks, for example, here's one of them. If you turn to this one, just to bring one out so you see where we're going. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Here's one of those great promises through the New Testament in His blood. But if the heart isn't right, the reception or to receive this revelation, you know, if, it, if the heart's hardened, if the heart through the deceitfulness of sin has been filled with unbelief, if the heart is filled with the root of bitterness, then when the precious promises are proclaimed, we have an inability to receive them. Hebrews 10 and 16, here's one of those wonderful promises. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Now we'll come to this in a couple of weeks, but note where the law is written. It's written not only in your heart, but it's also written where else? Now where is the great battle for most believers? I would say all believers. But I can't say all, but I would, I would say most, most, most believers in this room if you're honest, most of our battles take place where? Isn't it, isn't it the mind? Just encourage other people here, maybe just on the road a few months. Because so many times I've heard people say, but I look at you and I think, oh, he has no problems. Brothers and sisters, the battles of the mind. So the Holy Ghost wants to bring the law that is liberty and life. Write them not only in your heart. Where else will he write them? He'll write them in your mind. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stead on. Has there ever been a day where there's battles, 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 struggles, oppressions, torment, losing your peace, up at night, panic attacks, fears, anxieties, all coming in like a great battle and a great storm and it attacks the believer in his mind. Isn't that right? And so we need to know that the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of life and liberty, desires to write the law of God into our hearts and into our minds and to keep us in perfect peace. He's the Prince of Peace, isn't he? So listen carefully because we need to not only receive this for ourselves, but I want to encourage you, you need to minister this to others. You need to minister this to others. This is not just about us. And are we club and are we're happy and I'm okay? We gotta minister this to the other believers that will meet and the people on these streets. So this ministration here that we're talking about, it says that he will put his laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And verse 17. Would you read verse 17 with me? And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. The old account has been settled long ago. It's good to be saved, isn't it? It's good to have your sins washed away. Isn't it good to be, isn't it good to be free this morning? Listen, this is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Yet so many Christians live in shame, live in fear, because of past sin and the condemnation upon them because of a past life. Yet God would want to convey to our hearts this morning the precious truth of the New Testament in His blood. Brothers and sisters, the blood of Jesus Christ 
still cleanse us from all sin, to forgive us and to cleanse us and to remove the sin and listen, the power of sin. Now this is important. There's an awful lot of things that are coming into the church today and that's why I'm not a fan of all the all the shenanigans. That's the best way I can put it. That's coming into the church. All these help programs. Let me tell you something. The blood shall never lose its power. And the reason why I'm saying that is this. Because there's an awful lot of teaching that is teaching us, yes, your sin's forgiven, but you have to suppress who you are. Listen carefully. It's very dangerous. Yes, God forgives your sins. Your sins, He'll not remember again. They're all washed under the blood. But see see the way you live. See the type of person you are. See the type of, let me tell you, you just have to suppress that and live this life then of defeat on the inward part and on the outward part. Try and live a life like a Christian. So get a shirt and tie. Get a Bible. I'm, I'm for shirt and ties. And if you haven't got one, I'm for that too. Don't worry about it. But get it, get it. And on the outward then that you have to express that in some way, yes, my sins are forgiven, but on the inward, you're still living in that place of defeat. And so our churches are being filled with more and more people that don't know the liberating power that Jesus Christ sets the prisoner free and sin shall not have dominion over you. That he not only forgives sin, but he destroys the power of sin and a life. It's the born again experience. And the tragedy is, friends, we need a Holy Ghost revival of deep conviction of sin and true repentance and the true new birth. We don't want half births, still births. We want men to be born delivered. He sets the prisoner free. He meets you, whatever you are, whatever men call you, whatever label they put upon us. Friends, drug addicts, drunkards, losers, religious people, good people, moral people, people out of the gutter, homosexuals, whatever you are, there's an answer this morning. He saves, He delivers, and He breaks the power of sin and a life. He sets the prisoner free. And so... It's important that the groundwork is right. Good ground. No, we need, brothers and sisters, good ground. No, we need a ball in the hinge. Probably one of the things that I've noticed in this wee town of ball in the hinge is the ground's not good. The ground's not good. There's missions, gospel missions, children's missions. We have missions. Other churches have missions, tent missions. But I've noticed something about Balna Hinch in the last 14 years. There's been much sowing, much sowing, but it seems like the ground's not good. What do we need to do? We need to break that ground up. We need good ground. We need ground that is well fertile. And so in these great truths as we come to them, what is crucial is good ground. The prophet cried in Ezekiel chapter 11, I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take away, what will he do? I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will, excuse me, I will give them a heart of flesh. 
that they may walk in my statutes, they will keep my ordinances and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from sin, destroys the power of sin, forgives the sinner, and wipes the slate clean. What is important in receiving the precious truths and the promises is the condition of the heart. I want to ask you again, how is your heart? How is your heart? What is the condition of your heart? You see, right at the beginning of this great walk with God, Romans 10 and 8, it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and then what does it say? And you shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be delivered. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So not only in believing, but it is important in receiving. I really want you to grasp this this morning. I hope God has given us the ability to confess. it. May he help us because this is crucial. There are some souls in this room I want you to hear. I want you to hear me. God knows your struggle and God knows what you are going through and how you've been living. God understands that. But it is not God's will for you to live in that place of defeat and struggle. I'm not saying this morning we don't have struggles. We all have struggles. What I'm talking about is there are saints in this room, and I call you a brother and a sister in Christ. But in the condition of that heart, that heart has been, there's been an inability to be able to receive and for the fruit of the Word of God to bring forth that great liberty that God wants to bring to your life. And so I want to encourage you this morning. There may be only one or two, but over these weeks, the reason why I'm starting at the heart, because if I just go ahead and preach the promises of God, and we're shouting amen, hallelujah, and jumping up and down, but if the heart isn't the right ground, then you hear the word, but you go out those doors, but tomorrow morning, it's as dark as night, and everything of what you've experienced on the outward in the meeting, where the ground is stony, that's the hardened heart. Then when the word of God is preached, that stony ground has an inability to receive the word of God. It receives us for a moment. It rejoices. I don't know how many times, friends, that people have said, and whether people said or they don't, that makes no difference, but have said to me at the door, I really enjoyed that word. That word was for me. I'm I see them rejoicing in the word of the Lord as they leave this house. But friends, by Tuesday morning, they're living in a place that they wouldn't even think that they're saved. They've plummeted into such depths. Now God does not have a purpose for us to live in that place. And the condition of the heart is crucial for the victory of Christ to come. And not just to live on a Sunday in the victory, but live every day in the victory. God does not have a desire for us to live in a place where we are the devil's food mat. Where we just live on a Sunday, maybe get a touch now and again, but most of the time we're living in despair and oppression. Brothers and sisters, He has a life of victory for us this morning and that victory is in Jesus Christ. The lie of the enemy is to say, that's you. 
That's how you're to live. That's the way you, that's the way you're made. You're not like everybody else. That's a lie from Satan this morning, brothers and sisters. Christ's blood cleanses every sinner and every stain. And the blood of Jesus Christ is for victory for everyone who comes and believes. No difference this morning. There's no respecter of persons. There's no favorites here this morning, whether we're at the front or we're at the back. There's no favorites. He loves us all. He loves us all equally. And he has the same purpose for everyone to live this life in the fullness and in the power of the resurrection. How is your heart, friend? How is your heart this morning? The ability to be able to receive from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says these words, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. And these are important scriptures. I want you to follow them this morning. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to make Jesus real. Not, not through these stammering lips, but that the Holy Ghost would convey this victory to you this morning. 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Praise God. Do you know why I just read that and go, my God, that's amazing. We have, listen, now we have received. If you're saved this morning, say amen. amen. You're with me this morning. There was a time you truly repented of your sin and gave your life to Jesus. You might have had your ups and downs. Sometimes you may feel you're more down and you're up. Right? That's, that's okay. But largely there's a desire in your heart you want to live for God. You want to live for God. You want to live a life. You say, I don't believe there's some that are struggling in this room. But see, the desire is in their heart. That desire is being put there by the Holy Ghost. No man can come to God lest he draw him. So if there's a desire this morning for you to live this life, that desire has been put there, not by a church, not by a minister, has been put there by the Holy Ghost. Rejoice in that this morning. And so now he says that you have not received the Spirit of the world, but you have received the Spirit of God. That we might know, listen, what, he, what does He want to convey to us? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Isn't that amazing? We have received the Spirit of God that you would know this morning that it cost Him everything. It cost Him everything on that cross. But He wants you to know everything that He has for you. And it's free. Everything of what the cross means, he wants to convey that to you. And he says, he's freely given that to me and you. It's free this morning. Doesn't want you to work for it. Doesn't want you to beat your back. Doesn't want you to climb over mountains in your hands, on your feet, unless you're going with Ben on the one mile walk. Right? <laughs> Saskia's not impressed. It's free this morning. He's given us freely. And freely we should give. Isn't that right? Which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. This is, this is of the Holy Ghost. This is not something you're going to get in a, in a book, a theological book, or, or understanding all the great doctrines. Great to show yourself and study and all those things. But here, friends, a child can grasp the fullness and the revelation of all that he's done on the cross. Why? It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Holy Ghost. I'm not an educated man. Praise the Lord. I'm probably going to make it easier. Because when he begins to convey the wonder of the cross, you think of the great men, 
No, those men in that New Testament early church, they didn't have an education. They were ignorant and unlearned fishermen. When God has laid his hand on some of the greatest evangelists this world has ever seen, some of them didn't, couldn't read and write. Smith Wigglesworth couldn't read and write. His grammar was atrocious, but yet he raised 21 people from the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost. This morning, the qualifications, friend, is an education. Is the heart right? Are you willing this morning to give everything for Jesus and by faith lay hold of the promises? Brothers and sisters, maybe there's another Smith Wigglesworth sitting among us. Or Wigglesworth, isn't that right? I always get his name wrong. Which things also we speak, not in the words of man's wisdom, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual now, verse 14, I want you to listen because this is really crucial. But the natural man, now the natural man is the heart of stone. The heart of stone. I don't know, and Stephen will tell you, those who have stood and preached, and many times you've maybe come out and someone said, well, it was a hard meeting, wasn't it? Do you know what was hard? Hearts. Isn't that right, Steve? Boy, you've got a message from the Lord. You've prayed it through. You've wept over it. You've got up in the middle of the night over it. You've walked the, the lame with it. You've known that you've got the burden of the Lord in your heart. You come into the house of God. You know God's anointed you to preach the word of God. Whatever way the grammar is and all the things. In it, but you just know you have a burden of the word of the Lord in your heart. And you preach it with all your might, brothers and sisters. It's as hard as the road. What's hard? This is it here, friends. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. There's an inability to receive what God wants to... Con Can you imagine? Here is a banquet that God has laid before us this morning. The banner over us is love. He prepares the table in the midst of our enemies. He anoints our head with oil. Our cup runneth over. Goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our life. He's put a song in our hearts. He's taken away our sins. Our names are written in heaven. We're rejoicing in the glory of Christ. If He comes today, we're going to heaven. Brothers and sisters, it is hard. What's hard? How's your heart? How's your heart? The natural man can't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them because why? They're spiritually concerned to discern. The pleading, the pleading of God this morning. Listen, brothers and sisters, God wants us to be spiritual. That's not how you look because man looks on the outward part, but where does God look? God looks in the heart. How is your heart this morning? Is it, is it able to receive what God wants to convey? To think of what God wants to convey to his people this morning, the fullness and the glory of all that Jesus has done on the cross and the resurrection, that he's the great high priest over this house this morning. And the Holy Ghost is saying, I want to convey all the fullness of that into your heart this morning. If you're sick, I'll heal you. If you're troubled, I'll bring peace. If you're lost, I'll save you. I'll break every fetter. I'll break every chain. I'll put a song of victory into your heart this morning. But yet, friends, the heart... 
the heart. It's hard. It's as hard as the road. It can't receive. And friends, what do we do when we're in a time when the heart's hard? When the ground is fallow, break up the fallow ground. You know, I listened to a song. Nicky said to me, that's about the 115th time you've listened to that. Because once I get a song, I don't know what it is. I just keep, it's on repeat. Kids are going mad. But it's just a song. i got to get this song. There's something about sometimes a song. you got to get it down into your bones and into your heart. you got to get the spirit of the song rather than just the words or the music of it. But it has to, it has to go somewhere. And this song is by Keith Green. And he says that these are the words. My eyes are dry. My faith is old. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. And I know how I ought to be. Alive to you and dead to me. But what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with the oil and the wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Please wash me in you with the wine of your blood. How's your heart? Are your eyes dry? Is your faith old? Is your heart hard? Your prayers cold? Is it just cold? Have you lost your first love? No. Isn't there something wonderful about a new birth in Christ? Because you hear their voices and you can hear the tears. You can hear tears. You know that? So it's so fresh. You know, it's something. And I always say to them, don't stop. Please don't stop. Don't stop crying. Don't stop calling. Don't stop thanking them. Because what happens in church life is we start, as it says, going on. And then the eyes are dry. Then the faith is old. Then the heart becomes hard. Then the prayers are cold. Lord, soften our hearts. Lord, soften our hearts. Make us tender. We're warned not to let an evil heart of unbelief enter in. We're warned about a root of bitterness. We're warned about hardness. Our heart is crucial. The stony heart is the natural man hardened. The inability for the word to take root, for the fruit of the Spirit to manifest for the liberating power. When Jesus mentions it in Mark chapter 4, he says in the parable of the sower, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with gladness. But have no root in themselves and so endure for a time. But afterward, Listen, this is what happens. Affliction or persecution comes. You know, afflictions come, don't they? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers them from them all. But afflictions do come. But it says then affliction or persecution comes. And this is what it says. Very important what Jesus said. It comes for the word's sake. In other words, the word that you heard is going to be tried. The word that you believe is going to be tried. 
What you're hearing this morning, brothers and sisters, by Monday or Tuesday, you're going to be tried in this Word. See a preacher that preaches the Word. Let me tell you something. He's going to be tried on that Word. Make no mistake about it. Everything that you preach, you're going to be tried on what you preached. What you hear, what you apply, what you live by, I can guarantee you, you're going to be tried on this Word. What happens then immediately? It says they're offended, the ground stoning. What does that mean? What does that mean? Do you know what happens? Do you know the word offended there means figuratively to be tripped up? Be tripped up. So they receive the word. Then the word is tried. And then they trip. Brothers and sisters, I'm asking you, how is your heart before we come to these great chapters in Hebrews? Is your heart tender? Is it a heart of flesh that He gave us? Is it soft? Is it pliable? Is it open? Here's one. Is it teachable? Are you here? Is it teachable? Is your heart teachable? Is it filled with faith? Is it willing? Is it moved by the love of God? Is it broken? When you think of the mercy and the grace of God on the day that He saved you, are you broken over it? Are you broken? The Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, I will not despise. There's no greater place for us to come today when we consider our hearts There's no greater place for us to come this morning than to come to Calvary. Friends, is your heart hard? Is it hardened? Well, things have happened. Friends, I want to tell you something. Things happen to everybody. Yeah, but I got hurt. Let me tell you something. Would I tell you? We all get hurt but someone let me down. Can I tell you something? We've all been let down. But someone done this in church. Can I tell you something, brothers and sisters? See why we're in this earth. We're all going to meet together in this fashion. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to let you into something. I am going to let you down. I'm not going to try and do it deliberately. I'm not going to have any malice, but you're going to feel let down by me. But can I tell you something just before you all get carried away? You're going to let me down. Friends, what happens in that heart? It's not so much that I let you down or you let me down. What's important is how you react, isn't it? Well, they let me down. I'm right. They're wrong. And I have a right. I'm going to tell you something. See, we come to Calvary. We have no rights. I have no rights. I want to ask you again, friend, because it's important. Saint, How's your heart? Saint, how's your heart? No, we have a wee effort of a greenhouse. And uh, the boys, obviously, I say to them, would you go and weed that? Three weeks later, they have to weed it again. They have to work at it. 
Because very quickly, if we don't keep or look after that wee patch in that greenhouse, every type of weed is going to grow. The Bible says we're to keep our hearts. I want to ask you, just as we're closing, how's your heart? Is your eyes dry? God wants to do such a wonderful work in lives in this room in the next few weeks. I know that. I want to encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters, how's your heart? Let's come before him this morning and let's just open our hearts to him. Let's forget about everything and everyone else, but let us open our hearts. Let us just call upon him. Repent. Ask him to help us this morning. Ask him to come to soften our hearts, to do that work in us over these weeks as we come to these great truths to do a work in us, brothers and sisters, to live this life for Jesus in the victory and in the power of the cross and in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, to live a life of victory in Christ. That's what he gave for us. The spiritual man discerned those things. The heart's important. How's your heart this morning? Your heart's soft? Is it tender? Praise the Lord. If it's not, get those things sorted before the Lord. Ask him to help you. The grace of God will help you this morning just to get that heart open to him. Let him work in us this morning for his name's sake. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Father, this morning we give you thanks.